this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindu's in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode too much seems to be happening in pakistan on the political judicial and army fronts After the comprehensive victory of Imran Khan's party the Pakistan Tehreek-e-Insaaf or PTI in the recent by-elections to the Punjab Assembly an intervention by the country's Supreme Court allowed PTI's alliance partner Parvez Ilahi to take oath as chief minister of Punjab on the 27th of July a damning report in London's Financial Times newspaper accused former prime minister Imran Khan of accepting funds for his party from a UK based charity something prohibited under Pakistani law very public differences have surfaced over the past few days among top judges of Pakistan's supreme court over the appointment of new judges to the apex court army chief kamar javed bajwa took the unusual step of speaking to an american state department official seeking imf funds for pakistan setting off a fresh round of criticism against the very civilian role of the army in pakistan will shahbaz sharif be able to hang on as prime minister till the next elections in 2023 or will elections have to be advanced is it advantage imran khan who will be the new army chief when bajwa finally retires in november this year to answer these questions i have with me long time pakistan watcher rana banerji former special secretary in the cabinet secretariat welcome to the in focus podcast mr banerji thank you mr barwa mr banerji how do you read the tea leaves in pakistan with your vast experience in analyzing the country well you've put it very well in the beginning the fractious polarized environment in pakistan has persisted now for well over 3 months ever since imran's ouster in early april they are faced with a perilous economy perceptions of bias selectivity of benches and an increasingly divided judiciary whose rifts are coming out in the open there is the impending retirement of the army chief in november on which so many things hinge in essence also the direction of foreign relations how pakistan will try to emerge from isolation its efforts to patch up relations with the united states to get the china projects in the cpec rolling again and also the context of indo pak relations on which no change seems visible all these issues uh, come to the fore as the environment or the political situation unfolds so mr banerji uh, imran khan himself has taken a very aggressive uh, public posture against the americans and also against uh, his uh, one time uh, benefactors the army do you think that that's bringing him political dividends in the country well his narrative did in the punjab by elections but it has had uh, deleterious effects in other ways his relationship with the army leadership definitely has become very contentious his calling of names such as mir jafar intended obliquely at the army chief general bajwa also asking or referring to them as neutrals asking the neutrals to come back to him and start giving him support again to make him the prime minister hasn't gone down very well with everybody in the army he does have a certain amount of support 
maybe at the lower or middle levels. But so far, the top leadership of the army generals has remained in support of Bajwa. Apart from that, his uh, attack now seems to get focused more directly on the chief election commissioner because of the impending verdict on the foreign funding case. The disclosures recently in the Financial Times of London have really uh, brought to the fore whatever was left unsaid or hidden about the funding that Pakistani tycoon based in UK, Arif Nakvi, had been uh, giving to not only the PTI of Imran Khan, but to several other organizations, not only in Pakistan, but in other countries. But he himself is under arrest by the UK authorities, trying to stave off an extradition request to the United States, where there is concern about his past activities of funding of uh, former President Obama's campaign and other uh, illegal financial transactions. So Imran Khan is now trying to get more pressure to get the chief election commissioner, Sikandar Sultan Raza, whom he himself had appointed in January 2020, to either submit his resignation or to have references filed at the Judicial Commission of Pakistan to get rid of him, which won't be very easy to do legally. So that is where the situation rests. Mr. Banerjee, what is your sense, uh, you know, with now a PTI, PML, Alliance government in the most important province of uh, Pakistan, Punjab, in power again, and uh, a, a shaky coalition uh, led by Shabazz Sharif, uh, buffeted by economic crisis uh, in power in Islamabad. Uh, how long do you think such an arrangement is uh, likely to last? It will all depend on what the military establishment wants to do. If the military establishment feels that an early election could be held to stave off the economic crisis once the IMF deal comes through, then they may go in for having a caretaker government of technocrats, for which, of course, they would have to first destabilize the EDM alliance that is in power at the center, which could be done very easily with a little bit of you know a nod to some of the allied groups, particularly the MQM and the Baluchistan Awami Party to uh, withdraw support. That could be one scenario. The, the other scenario could be that the PDM government is allowed to continue for some more time, say not up to their full term of August, but uh, midway beyond October or November after the decision to have a new army chief or select the new army chief and then have elections later on in February or March where the new army chief would be in the saddle plus the outcome of the elections could again lead to a hung parliament situation, which would allow the military establishment to dabble with the various players, leaving any particular party, including that of Imran Khan, just short of a viable, simple majority. So that could be the other option. So this is how the political play is unfolding as of now. And beyond that, really nobody can say how uh, which way the wind would blow. But what is your sense? I mean, uh, is the uh, Pakistan Muslim League uh, Nawaz uh, losing political steam? Uh, has it lost the narrative uh, to Imran Khan's party? 
because uh, the crowds really do seem to be with Mr. Imran Khan, whatever be the opinion of, uh, you know, a large section of Pakistan's uh, media and influential commentators. It, it does look that uh, the crowd is with Mr. Imran Khan. Yes, the outcome of the Punjab by-elections would uh, suggest that that is so. But this mood of the people can be very quickly, it can uh, be evaporate very quickly, particularly if the foreign funding case brings to light some more misdemeanors of Mr. Imran Khan. And also the perception that so far, which is now gaining ground, is that this judiciary has been too one-sided in the uh, recent decisions that it has given, even contradicting their own uh, decisions. And there has been a particular selected three-judge bench, which has always dealt with all these contentious political issues. So on this, the perception is shifting from a pro-Imran Khan mood to a more balanced sort of a, you know, environment where, where it is felt that the judges should also be seen to be impartial. So that I don't sort of visualize a complete smooth sailing for Imran in case further elections are held. Also, there is the issue that he is only wanting elections of the National Assembly. He is not wanting elections of the assemblies where his own party is in power, that is in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa and in Punjab. So the, opposite, the PDM, the People's Democratic Movement, which is in power at the center, it is uh, challenging him to first dissolve also the assemblies at the provincial level and then make a demand for elections, general elections in the entire country, which would then depend on the election commission, whether it can have the updated roles in position by the time frame which Imran wants, that is October, where before the army chief retires. So then it all goes back to the crucial uh, question of who will become the new army chief, whether Bajwa would get an extension, whether it would be Imran's favorite, Faiz Hamid, who would then be chosen by the new government if it comes into position before November, or whether there would be an army consensus choice of the most senior or a set of more senior generals from whom the choice would have to be made. As Also, there is a complicating factor of the president, who is the commander-in-chief, who actually has to choose or appoint the president, of course, on binding orders of the prime minister. But President Alvi has behaved in a very erratic manner, uh, not accepting some of the uh, suggestions of the prime minister, for example, for the appointment of the governors of the provinces. So a very uncertain situation prevails on that front. But what is your sense? I mean, uh, you know, one would have felt that, you know, since elections uh, happened in the late 80s in Pakistan, you know, democracy has, of course, seen its ups and downs, you know, with the direct military takeover of Parvez Musharraf in October 99. And later on, also, we have seen a very interventionist army chiefs, uh, you know, uh, working uh, through the back door uh, in key appointments and influencing prime ministers. And Imran Khan himself seemed to enjoy a very cozy relationship with the army. So is it, uh, is it your sense that uh, Pakistan will never see the back of the army? Because finally, you know, if uh, an equation between two people that is the prime minister, and in this case, uh, Bajwa, goes wrong, then the, the prime minister has to, uh, uh, you know, face an exit. And I'm not getting into the rights and wrongs of it. I'm just talking about the process. Yeah. See, the army realizes that direct interventions are uh, no longer acceptable by the people of Pakistan. So they have 
worked out this in indirect uh, intervention method or what is called the hybrid system where there is a facade of democracy which is left intact and the vital issues are all controlled by the army from behind the scenes that is national security foreign policy neighborhood policy and the nuclear policy these four are the no go areas for the or red lines where the army's view has to prevail apart from that you see the economy the thorny issues of the economy are left to the politicians to handle but this has led to a progressively deteriorating situation particularly on the economic front so the army itself realizes that the hybrid system has become less and less acceptable to the common people and also to the intelligentsia so they are actually looking for an option how to get out of the, this syndrome and also to recover the economy into some sort of semblance of stability so this is the dilemma that faces even the army as it tries to control things from behind the scene so how serious in your view is the economic crisis facing pakistan is it a little uh, overblown in india is it exaggerated or is it serious what's your view no it is extremely serious rather it is underestimated here we don't know in so much detail what is actually happening basic problems are that the structural problems of the pakistan economy have not been addressed the rich are not taxed there is very low resource mobilization low savings there is heavy defense spending privilege of the elite groups of the corporates has not been touched yet you know there has been excessive dependence on foreign debts repayments for foreign debts and army uh, budget uh, it takes more than 58 60% of the budget there is nothing much left after giving to the states up under the 18th amendment to deal with you know developmental issues social sector education budget allocations these are very perennial problems there is a very high circular debt problem on the in the power sector independent power companies have come in but they generate electricity at a cost which is not fully passed on to the public already the public has to pay a lot but the circular debt keeps on rising so these are all chronic issues of economy where the only way out has been sought through successive debt uh, you know seeking aid from the uh, imf and the imf today is little suspicious of pakistan's you know ability not only the ability to repay but also the possibility of pakistan siphoning off some of the imf monies to pay off debts from china and the chinese loans which have come they have not really helped pakistan all these are very very serious problems and uh, there is no real political will to tax the people who can really pay the rich or the feudal elites or the generals who continue to enjoy the perks and privileges of power so this is actually the problem and you think that is what prompted um, general bajwa to you know take quite a unprecedented step of uh, you know telephoning the us deputy secretary of state uh, wendy sherman and asking her or requesting her to ensure that you know the imf funds are released to pakistan soon well it's not been so unprecedented you see the army leadership has been intervening to try to help restore the uh, national economic dilemmas in the past also the army chief has approached the saudi monarchy or the uae sheikhs to try to help bail out pakistan and also the united states 
General Bajwa has for a, quite a while been signaling that he has not been happy with the economic management of the Imran Khan government. And he has been tr- signaling also to the Pakistan, to the American military that uh, he would like to distance himself from over-dependence on Chinese military supplies for two reasons. One, that some of the Chinese equipment has been found to be a little substandard. And the other thing is that they extract a very heavy price in terms of, you know, the political dependence that develops in consequence. Instead, Bajwa wants a restoration of the old relationship between U.S. Army and Pakistan Army, which the Americans have been reluctant to give. The foreign military sales or the foreign military training program has been revived, but the sales have not been revived. So after U.S. have withdrawn from Afghanistan, America doesn't have much of a stake in continuing you know, military supplies to Pakistan. But Bajwa has been trying to tell them that, look, we will distance ourselves a little bit from China if you restore the old relationship and start giving us some of the essential things. So in this backdrop, Bajwa and the Americans have always dealt with the Pakistan army. They have never hesitated to not deal with the Pakistan army, whether there has been a civilian dispensation uh, notionally in power or whether there has been direct military rule. They have always dealt with the army because they know that that is where the cookie crumbles. So that is the backdrop in which Bajwa uh, felt emboldened to talk to Wendy Sherman to get the modality or the routine delays that were happening after the staff agreement that has been signed between uh, the finance minister, Mifta Ismail, and the interlocutors of the IMF. And there is a process where six to eight weeks lapse before the IMF formally concludes the deal and releases the tranche of 1.2 billion. So Bajwa is trying to expedite this process to try and help uh, the PDM government to survive. Or there is maybe the other motive that once the IMF money comes through, then he will feel free to go in for early elections with the caretaker government, which will you know, appease also the demand of Imran Khan, yet keep him at bay and uh, have elections in a manner which lead to another hung house, uh, not allowing Imran to come back to power. This seems to be Bajwa's game. Uh, I know that we're talking about Pakistan's uh, internal situation today. Uh, but before I let you go from this episode of the uh, In Focus podcast, we recently saw an SCO meeting happening in which uh, Pakistani Foreign Minister Bilawal Bhutto and India's External Affairs Minister Dr. Jayashankar S. Jayashankar were present. But of course, it didn't meet. Uh, but before this, we saw uh, some relatively positive comments uh, about India from uh, Mr. Bilawal Bhutto. What is your sense on how, on whether uh, any engagement, uh, you know, formal engagement between India and Pakistan, what are the prospects for that? Prospects are not good. Of course, Bilawal has been making very sensible and intelligent statements. But the thing is that uh, how much do they count for? And what would be the backdrop in which this would be viewed in the domestic political context of an increasingly polarized situation? Because in the past, civilian political leaders have always had to look over their shoulder as to what the nuances towards India would be exploited in the domestic context. So those pressures still remain even on a weak civilian government like that of PM Shahbaz Sharif. But Bajwa himself, the army's chief himself, has been signaling for a while that he would like to move from a situation of geopolitical confrontation to geoeconomic engagement. 
because this is the requirement for Pakistan. This is what he said in the Islamic uh, in the Islamabad strategic dialogue uh, last year. So the question is whether Bajwa can carry the rest of the military and the very very conservative and generally hostile foreign policy elite uh, who have been opposing this type of a uh, relaxation of uh, relationship with India. So there are going to be problems in a cooling of, of relations or an improvement in relations with India. Also, what we have to keep in mind is whether there is any change in the mindset of sponsoring non-state elements, particularly uh, those who are active in Kashmir from the Pakistani side. There is no evidence of that. So whether also there is the position that unless India defreezes the impasse that has happened in Kashmir after the you know, abrogation of the special status issue, whether it can be reversed, they are still demanding that as a precondition for talks. So this is not likely to happen anytime soon. So given these obstacles, I don't visualize any dramatic improvement possibility. But of course, I have always supported the option of engagement. There should be engagement without, you know, Bonhoming developing overnight. So we should not rule out the possibility of engagement between actors, different actors, people to people, or even, you know, limited amount of contacts at the foreign policy level, a restoration of relations, resumption of the ambassadorial status, high commissioner status between the two countries. I think these could be starters that could be considered. But the question is about domestic political stability in Pakistan how soon a semblance of that can be achieved and how soon the civilian political leaders feel comfortable to respond in this direction. Mr. Rana Banerjee, thank you so much for talking to the Hindus In Focus podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.